Hi everyone, welcome to Eat Drink Social, a podcast about social influencers in the food and beverage industry. My name is Courtney Sandora and you'll be hearing from myself and members of the IPG team. IPG stands for Influencer PR Group and is a division of Go Social. We have offices in Louisville, Kentucky and Denver, Colorado. If you have any questions, you can find us at ipgagency.com or on social at ipgagency. We're here today with Michelle Mandro, who is the founder of Wine Country Women. And she has been sharing these great stories of women in wine country, as well as just, you know, the wine country lifestyle in, in general. And so we're really excited to have her on, especially as we approach uh, International Women's Day. So thanks for joining, Michelle. Well, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be um, part of this conversation. So tell me, um, what, when, tell me about the first time that you landed in wine country. Like what, what brought you there? I landed in wine country in 2005 as the executive director of the American Institute of Wine and Food, which was uh, or is a national association, which was initially created by Robert Mandapi and Julia Child. Great. That sounds like a great job, a dream job. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it was. I uh, was an interim executive director, um, and it's what brought me to the Napa Valley. And um, I was a wine enthusiast up to that point. Um, But it, it was a wonderful opportunity and a great chance to meet a lot of fabulous people. Yeah. So what is it about wine country that made you fall in love with the area? Oh, my gosh. Where should I begin? It's it's a magical place. The landscape, the fantastic food and wine scene, the people. Um, it's It just makes it so inviting and a place that you never want to leave. It's It's just unlike any other place that you've ever been. So... Um, You've just got to go there and experience it for yourself. And is it like, I mean, because I, I have done winery tours in Napa and, oh, right. and in Sonoma, but is it like that, like all the time? Or are they just putting out a <laughs> space for me? Or <laughs> Well, yes, it's like being on vacation every day. <laughs> you go to, however, you do go to a job. And you go home, you just happen to do it in this magical place called wine country. And you're just surrounded by this beautiful scenery every day. I mean, I swear, about 99% of the time, the weather and the scenery is perfect. Um, and, you know, like I said, the food and wine scene is spectacular. The people are amazing. And um, there really is nothing like it so um i don't think it really matters what wine they're all they all have some similarities to them so well that leads perfectly into my next question if i uh, if someone was going to plan a trip to the area and you could curate that for them what where would where would you recommend they like start finish have to see 
<laughs> well, that's a loaded question. There are so many fabulous places to visit. I would create an itinerary that would provide a snapshot of the area and its diversity. Um, and if I focused on California, I would focus on the diversity from Sonoma, from the Sonoma County coastline to the eastern mountain range of the Napa Valley. And it would include diverse tastings and culinary experiences and opportunities to meet some of the makers. And naturally, I would include some of the women featured in our lifestyle books because they're pretty amazing women. They're tastemakers, luminaries, and leaders in the industry. So, um, so I would just curate this amazing, um, hopefully, series of days that, um, that would be memorable and um, make, make you want to come back again and again. Yeah, sounds nice. I'm in. Um, <laughs> Please come. <laughs> so just, just curious, because I mean, we've, we've both lived in, in, I guess you would consider Louisville, Kentucky, the South. I know a lot of people consider Kentucky the South. Um, and there, there, there is a slower pace than, than some other areas of the country. Is, is wine country kind of that same kind of slow pace? living or is it different? Hmm, good question. Well, I do consider myself a Kentuckian, um, and a lot of my time has been spent in Louisville. I often, uh, for the longest time, would make a correlation between the town of Louisville and the city of Napa. Um, the and today they, I felt like uh, I feel like they both kind of flourished into their own. Um, and to your question, I do feel like um, Kentucky and wine country, generally speaking, are slower paced communities. Um, and because they, they do lack that kind of hustle and bustle of a New York City or Chicago. Yeah. And to me, that's very inviting. So I like that personally. Yeah. Now, I mean, I think somebody from New York City might go to wine country and either find it um, um, extremely boring <laughs> if they're there for too long, or they would find it very refreshing because it would truly be a vacation for them. So that would be an interesting question for, for someone, a, a true New Yorker. Yeah. And, you know, as I think about that, I, I have a couple of uh, women in my book that are transplants from New York. But at this stage, they've lived in California probably longer than they lived in New York. So they've transitioned. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So I, I know it's been kind of, you know, between COVID and the fires, it's been kind of a rough year for wine country. Um since you are in touch with so many people there and, and you visit, I mean, how is wine country doing? Oh, my gosh. Well, I think um, the tourism industry, um, hospitality industry um, has suffered significantly um, in 2020. Um, and yes, wine country has been um, significantly affected by the pandemic. Um, They've tried, 
to become innovative uh, to make up for a lot of those lost tourism dollars. Um, Napa Valley, though, was hit harder with the two fires that they had um, in the fall uh, with some significant structural damage um, to the area. They lost several wineries and two resorts. Um, but I have to tell you, Napa Valley is a community that is extremely resilient. Um, it's like no other community that I've really seen. Um, they are helpful, generous, and, you know, they will persevere. Um, for any first-timer visiting the area, it'll be hard. They will be hard-pressed to see any evidence of the fires. Um, so, People should understand that, <laughs> that um, if you go there, you're not, you know, it's not a war zone. It doesn't look like a war zone. Um, you know, you don't, it, it's still a very, very beautiful place to come visit. Um, and Napa Valley and other wine regions are excited to welcome visitors back. Um, they're seeing people now for tastings and, and they're ready to wow everybody with their great wine and good food. So um, so people need to make reservations and come visit now. Okay. Um, so I guess kind of switching gears to, to the, or, you know, the organization, I don't know if that's really the best word for it, but to Wine Country Women itself, um, you know, tell me, tell me a little bit about it and, and, you know, what's the goal behind it? And how can mm. people get involved? It's kind sure. of a two-parter. <laughs> yeah, so Wine Country Women is more or less a portal for an authentic wine country experience. Um, it allows people to get in, get insiders ac insider access to women um, through our lifestyle books, specialty products, curated events, and electronic and broadcast media. And our goal is to kind of satisfy the curiosity that people have about wine country. Um, people are, you know, dream of living in wine country. People um, or visitors to wine country are always asking us all the time, what's it like to live here? So basically, wine country women is giving... Um, people a chance to see what that life looks like through the women who live there. And we're using all these different um, means to do that. So again, our books, our products, our events, and, and our podcasts um, are ways for people to kind of learn about what that lifestyle is about to help satisfy that curiosity. Yeah, no, that, that is true. I mean, it it's interesting because, it almost seems like a movie, right? I mean, in my head, I'm like, is this <laughs> yeah. real? Do people really live there? So, well, yeah. there are a few movies, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> On wine and visiting yeah. and living there. So, um, it is a popular topic. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, you mentioned that you, you focus on women. Um, so, do. what cha challenges do women face in the wine industry? Oh, you know, I, you know, for the longest time, it's been a male dominated industry, um, you know, but I think that's definitely changing and men are very supportive of women that are, um, you know, making their mark in, in the industry. I don't know if women have challenges 
Um, per se, I think it's just more that, you know, it's been a male dominated industry for so long. So um, welcoming, uh, you know, welcoming the women and supporting the women who are, are, are you know, making their mark, um, I think is, is a step in the right direction, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting. I'm, I'm going to be stereotypical right now. You know, a lot of times when people think of whiskey, they think of men, right? Um, even though when I moved to Kentucky, there were a lot of women that drink whiskey, right? So okay. that that's true. But and I, to me, a lot of times when I think wine, I tend to see women ordering wine. Um, oh, right. And, and mm-hmm. so it's interesting that it's such a male-dominated Industry, Industry, right? There's men winemakers, right? So there's it's a small uh, percentage of women winemakers or women winery owners. Um, I don't know the exact percentage, but you know it's it's very very small in comparison to men. But I agree with your statement. You you would. when you think of wine, you do think of it more as a feminine product. Um, and when you think of whiskey or bourbon, you, you do tend to think of it more as a masculine beverage. So um, that's kind of funny and probably chauvinistic. Of us. <laughs> yeah, I know. Shame on that. We should be talking about on International Women's <laughs> Day. But I will say, so we've had um, Marianne Ease on you know, the first yeah, I love her. female yeah, mm-hmm. distiller. And she, one thing that I've heard her say in the past is that women actually have better palates. Oh, yeah, you know, that's a big topic, you know, a, a big debate. Do women really have better yeah. palates than men? Uh, everybody has their own opinion on on that. And I, I, I haven't heard any science behind it um, to support it. Uh, I would love to talk to a science or somebody in the medical field to to you know see if that's really true i want to believe it's true (laughs) i think we can just say it (laughs) let's just say it here today (laughs) i don't think that's fair to the men but yeah but um especially when they've been in you know in these you know as they've held roles as distillers and winemakers for years and years and years you know so um, I, I still would like to see some evidence of that. But in the meantime, yes, let's say we are. Yeah. We do have the better palettes, right? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> until, they, until they tell us otherwise. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Well, as, as a female entrepreneur yourself, um, what, what advice would you give to women who are starting their careers? Or what did you wish you would have known? Oh, what would I have wish I would have known? Oh my goodness, so much. <laughs> you know, I um, I uh, I'm very methodical, and my business uh, didn't roll out uh, in an organized fashion as I would have liked for it uh, to have done. Um, so as a result of that, um, what helped me a lot was to quickly um, develop an advisory board and a support system to set me up for success. So I think that is really critical to have, um, you know, 
have a support system or an advisory board or staff, you know, a, a great staff in place that can help you be successful or mentors. Um, I, I think that's just critical for entrepreneurs um, because without that, um, you can have all the street smarts and all the education that you want, but I, I really think that you need that guidance to um, help steer you in the right direction. And you need that um, manpower to help execute successfully. So, yeah, that's good advice. Um, okay. Well, so you, you know, throughout your business, you've, you've launched a couple of books now, you, you have this podcast, you've done events. Um, but what are some of the favorite stories from the woman that you featured either on the podcast or in the book? Oh, favorite stories. There's so many, I don't know if I'll, I'll, um, think of all of them. Um, there's a few fun love stories, <laughs> <laughs> women that found love in wine country that came, come to mind. Um, Leslie Frank of Frank Family Wines um, had a fabulous career in television news in L.A. Um, and she came up to the Napa Valley and went wine tasting with a girlfriend and ended up meeting um, Richard Frank at a local restaurant. And years later, they ended up getting married. I mean, crazy. Mm -hmm. Um I I just think that that's just, you know, I think people dream of that happen, happening, but I don't think that really happens very often. Um, I think there's another fun little story that has some similarities to that. Suzanne Trichard um, is a highly a successful attorney. She was from Miami and she was interviewing um, in the financial district in San Francisco and took a, um, a, a little trip up to Napa Valley um, and went on a tour at Trichard Vineyards. And her tour guide was Anthony Trichard. And Next thing she knew, she was dating Anthony Trichard and married and has two kids now. She continues wow. to be an attorney. So I think some of those stories are kind of fun. There's another um, kind of precious little love story where um, there's a lady by the name of Jennifer McPherson who has a, her and her husband have a wine brand called Promise. And they lived in L.A., and he worked for ABC News, and he promised his wife on their wedding day that he would follow his dream, and um, which was to have a wine brand and make wine one day soon. And so eventually they did. And so he you know, chucked his executive position with ABC TV and, um, and moved to the Napa Valley and created this wine brand called Promise. And it's just, I, I just think those are just kind of some super sweet, like, 
love stories. It does then, seem like a movie <laughs> or a Hallmark. Yeah. And then, you know, on the flip side, you've got like these great career, these women with great career stories. Um, there's a, you know, I, I, all right, now I'm focused on Napa Valley because, you know, that's my backyard and um, they're the women that I know, know the most. Um, but there's a phenomenal woman named Remy Cohen who just was appointed the CEO at Domain Carneros, which is owned by uh, Tatanjay. Um, and she had a long career um, as a first as a vineyard manager. And then she was chief operating officer at Cliff Lady. And now she's the CEO of this just, you know, worldwide um, sparkling wine house. I mean, it's like, wow. that's just a great story. And there's another woman by the name of Clarice Turner, who had a long career with several fortune 500 companies, including Starbucks. And now she's the president of a, a well-established wine brand, Joseph Phelps. Um, and then you've got like a woman who worked in the tech world forever and ever and has this charming boutique wine brand that's a startup more or less called Ackerman Family Vineyards. Her name's Lauren Ackerman. And I just think, you know, all of those are just powerhouse women that, you know, are now running their own wineries um, and they, you know, well, they're not all their own, but they're wa running wineries and they're they all have different career paths. Um, and I think that's, that's um, inspiring. It's inspiring that if that's what you want to do, there's a way to, you know, there's a way to do it. And, um, and you don't have to just work in the wine industry to, to run a winery. You can come from an outside field. And then there's, you know, the, the great heritage stories too. women whose families have been making wine forever and ever, like the Mandavis. Um, Carissa Mandavi is the granddaughter of Robert Mandavi. And, um, you know, she's in our Napa Valley book. And she now works with her father and her aunt on a, a spectacular wine brand called Continuum. Um, and you know, that's just, um, just an amazing, amazing wine brand and just a great family and, um, just a beautiful story. And then you have Violet Gergich, whose father is, gosh, I don't, he's in the Bittner Hall of Fame. He, his, he came over from, um, oh my gosh, I might mess this up, um, he came over, I should know this, from another country. <laughs> he came over from another country with a beret and a suitcase. And he became a winemaker. And his beret, suitcase, and his wine, which won a famous Paris tasting, his Chardonnay, um, is in the Smithsonian. I mean, and his daughter now runs their winery and her um, her father is still alive and he is in his 90s. Oh, and gosh. it's just, you know, amazing stories like that. Um, 
I think are are just fascinating to learn about. And so you got love stories, you got career stories, you got these great heritage stories. Um, there's just all kinds of fun stories of women living in wine country and making their mark and when you talk to some of these heritage people, the heritage families, do you find that it was like an easy decision for most of them? Because you always hear like, you know, the kids don't want to take on the family business. But I imagine this would be pretty attractive. (laughs) Well, you know, most of them, um, most, they all have a little different stories. Most of them are either, um, Um, have grown up working in all different facets of the winery business and it's just a natural transition that that they will work uh, for the family business others like um, there's a uh, Reagan Rombauer comes to mind or um, one of the Winty women um, I can't think of her name right this minute um their philosophy is that after you graduate college, you have to go away and work in another industry and in somewhere else. And then if you want to come back and work for the family business, you can. So, you know, I think there's, um, you know, different approaches and, um, you know, it, you know, whatever works, <laughs> whatever works. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, you know, in the the women that I mentioned, whether it's Vindavi or Gurgich or Winties or Rombauers, they're all working for their family business. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't matter which approach they've all chosen to uh, eventually work for the family business. So I think there's great pride. Um, those are amazing brands and, um, you know, great families and, um you know, you, you, you know, you want, you, you want to keep that tradition going. So. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I know during this conversation, you, you've, you've mentioned the great food um, oh, in right. the area as well. And I believe you have some women in the book that are chefs. Uh, we have chefs yeah. and restaurateurs. We have this amazing woman, Katina Connaughton, who's the restaurateur of Single Thread Farms, which is a three-star Michelin restaurant in Sonoma County. Um, but we also have, um, you know, uh, we have a woman by the name of Sarah Scott, who's a chef in Napa Valley, who um, developed the culinary program at Robert Mondavi Winery and um you know, was a personal chef for the Mandavis for a number of years too, to chefs that have their own restaurants over in Sonoma County. Um, yeah, so we, yeah, we have a variety of different chefs and restaurateurs. What, and, what's your question? Sorry. Well, I guess my, there are people, but people should know too that some of the, or uh, many of your books also contain uh, pairing ideas as well as recipes, right? Correct. So, you know, my feeling is, I mean, in regards to our books, the lifestyle books, they're coffee table size books. So they're pretty good size. They're going to be beautiful on your coffee table, but they're actually useful. And um, the idea is that they 
provide you a glimpse inside the lives of these women. But an extension of that is we ask them for, ask each woman for a favorite family recipe, their suggested pairing, and then an explanation why that pairing worked so well. So it's interesting for people to learn, um, you know, what a favorite recipe is for Carissa Mandabi and what does she suggest be paired with that recipe? Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's been a really fun project. Um, those particular books I call my domestic trilogy. So we've got our Napa Valley book, our Sonoma County book, and then the final book in the trilogy is our Willamette Valley and Walla Walla book. Um, and then while I never intended to come out with a second edition, we are um, coming out with a second edition of our Napa Valley book this June. So it'll be a new and improved edition of uh, our original book. So, um, so yeah, you know, they're, they're fun books to learn about these women and, um, you know, make some recipes and enjoy yeah. some, some wines. So just kind of wrapping up here, you know, what do we have to look forward to? You, you kind of hinted at, you know, the second edition, but what, what kind of projects um, do you have going on? Oh my gosh, so many things. Um, and uh, thankfully this week has, um, has given me hope that, uh, that um, our plans that we were um that we've been working on for June will likely materialize. Now I realize it's only February and you know, there's a, there's a few months before June, but um, everyone seems to be very, very optimistic. Um, so June, we have a bubbles and rosé all day event that um, is in the works. It's one of our, uh, what will be um, an annual event it's going to be held in Sonoma County, likely at a brand new property in the Healdsburg area. That'll be on uh, June 11th and 12th. More details to come. Um, we will also be launching our first luminary luncheon at Single Thread Farm. Uh, which, as I mentioned earlier, is a three-star Michelin restaurant in Sonoma County um, in June. We haven't selected a date yet, but that will be for up to 20 people. So we are, um, you know, I'm very excited about that. Um, we'll be offering that on a quarterly basis um, and tickets for all, for both of those events will be available um on our website we um so people should like check that out mm -hmm. um but not tomorrow <laughs> soon um and about mother's day mother's day mother's day yeah we um created something brand new for mother's day they're limited edition curated boxes which we're very excited about so for the inaugural edition we've created 50 um two different boxes 50 boxes of each one has this 
uh, well, they're curated boxes of items from wine country. So the signature item in one of the boxes is this spectacular, colorful chiffon scarf from this vintner artist, Layla Fenucci from St. Helena, California in the Napa Valley. Um, it's just amazing. It's so beautiful. And then um, the other box has this real, this beautiful handcrafted um, uh, necklace, beaded necklace that I helped um, tweak and design. Um, so, and then there's two other items in there, two, two other culinary items in each of the boxes. So, so yeah, we're really excited about these Mother's Day offering, this Mother's Day offering, and we've already sold a couple of boxes already. Um, but there is a, there's a deadline. Um, we had to have an early deadline and for the life of me right this second, I don't know what it is, but it's in March. <laughs> it's a March deadline. Um, the women needed adequate time to produce the necklace and the scarves um, to get them to us so we could ship them out. Um, by, I think we're doing the sending out the shipments on April 26th. So, um, so there's, like I said, a March deadline. It's, I think it's mid-March or so, or March 19th, something like that. Okay. So yeah. if you're looking for something extra special for your mom or yourself or your best friend, um, I would, and you want, you know, something from wine country, these are, you know, hand-selected, one-of-kind boxes of goodies from wine country that's awesome and then i mean the books themselves are great gifts too right oh absolutely year round yeah and each book is you know cellophane wraps to preserve the integrity of the book so you know they've never been touched and they're beautiful and photography is spectacular and we also have limited edition books which are um uh you know, which are a great keepsake. Um, they're signed by the artists and myself. They have art covers from artists uh, from the area. So the Sonoma County book has this beautiful art cover from an artist from Sonoma County, Sandra Spadell, who actually was an illustrator for um, Marie Shriver, former first lady of California and former wife of Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> so anyway, she did the cover for my limited edition book for um, Wine Country Women, Sonoma County. And so if you're looking for something extra special there um, for Mother's Day or just a nice gift item, yeah, that's available too. And what, what is your website? Website is wine country women with an e women dot com. Great. So that people can just order directly from the website, correct? They can. We have um a great shop area and there's a lot of fun things that they can um check out and buy and and um we'll get them to them in a timely fashion. Great.
Well, I, I love that you're highlighting women and I love that you're giving people an insider's look into this beautiful place. Um, and, and so it's just all very exciting. It sounds like, like I said, it sounds like a dream or a movie. So um, I appreciate you sharing these stories with us. And again, anyone who's interested can go to winecountrywomen.com. And we just appreciate you you coming on today. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity. It's been a lot of fun, Courtney. All right, everybody. That wraps up another episode of Eat, Drink, Social. If you have a story to share or know somebody who does, please reach out to us at ipgagency.com. <laughs>